When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for every Everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a eleven, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's boots and whiskey podcast at gmail.com. Mr. Swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you. Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. It is season two, episode three. Um... For this season, we're on episode like 63 or 4 at this point. So thank you so much for that. Um, today we have we have a very special guest in this Washington State native who really was on the track to play pro ball. And then, you know, some things happened and we were blessed with his songwriting and country music abilities. So... I guess everything happens for a reason, right? Um, I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming Court Carpenter to the show today. Um, this conversation was really a breath of fresh air. and you'll, I think you'll see and hear why coming up in the next 40 minutes or so. It was nice to see somebody who is really on the top of the independent country music scene in Nashville talk so openly and freely about the struggles that it is to be an independent artist and what it takes to be successful in this genre, in this town. So Cord, I thank you for that. Um, you're going to hear at the end of the episode, um, you know, Court gets a little hoarse, um, 
but that's because he played a show earlier in the day for the first time and, and, you know, a full band show for first time in two years. So, um, you know, I kind of kept, I, I kept that all in there and court, I'm sorry if that, if you, if that's embarrassing to you, but, um, it's really important to me that you get a full feel of the conversation and how it went and all that. And, um, you, you still get great stuff in there and you know it, it is what it is it's it's the human interaction that i love here on this show so much and i appreciate court for for being here and and really do <laughs> do the interview after after a full band show in two years is you know i'm sure no easy task i mean i wouldn't know i don't do that kind of thing so without further ado court carpenter hey hey my man how you doing what's going on court how are you I'm good. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you great. Can you hear me okay? Per- yep, perfect. Loud and clear. Perfect. Awesome. So what's going on, man? Thanks for being on the show. Hey, you bet. Uh, not much. Just uh, I'm in, in, uh, engulfed in baby life right now and trying to get my music done and it's just been busy. Yeah, yeah. How, how, old's, how old's the baby? It is seven, uh, seven months now. Seven nice. and some change. Your first one? first one yep yeah it's it's a ride isn't it it is it's uh something like you can never describe really yeah yeah you think you think you oh go ahead no no go ahead go ahead oh i was just saying you think uh it's you know you oh it's gonna be like this but it's not and it's even better so it's it's cool absolutely you know i have three myself so i i it's it's crazy how how different they are but how similar they are too you know for sure it's just crazy, you know, the kind of the kind of person you become too once you once you become a dad. Absolutely. What what ages are your kids? Uh, Eleven, six, and two. Right on, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, so we're busy. We're busy. <laughs> I can I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. We're busy with one, so uh, I yeah. think you got three. Yeah, it's it's you know it's all it's all good though. You know we uh we have it we have it pretty. A pretty well-oiled machine here now, so that—that's the way to do it, man. I, yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah. So let's let's talk about you because that's what we're here for. Um, so why don't you tell us who you are, where you come from, how you started, and you know we'll we'll continue the conversation as that goes. For sure. So uh, my name's Court Carpenter. I'm uh, from Washington State, so out in the Pacific Northwest, and I. Uh, been out in Nashville here about 10 years now. This is my 10th year. And I originally, you know, was a college baseball player and hoping to go professionally in that. And some things took a turn and I fell into music and started touring out there. Uh, when I, when I first started, I mean, locally playing, and then we started touring the Northwest a little bit. And then I met a girl who, uh, is now my wife named Kelly. And, uh, when we met, I was living in, in Los, Los Angeles. So we started dating long term, or, or excuse me, uh, long distance. And then uh, about six months went by and I said, well, long distance kind of sucks. So I'm not yeah. tied down to anything in the Northwest. Let's, I'm going to move down to be with you. And the rest was history. So after about a year and a half living there, uh, we, Kelly said, you know, there's not a big country music scene out here uh, in LA, you know, that's accessible for new artists playing shows here and there but she goes let's get to nashville so we packed up our stuff and blindly moved to nashville 10 years ago 
That's awesome. And it's the rest is kind of in history. Yes, for sure. And it's uh, it's it was a spontaneous move at the time. And and, you know, we we love Nashville. We love being out here. And it's been been a hell of a ride for uh, the last 10 years just in what I've accomplished in Nashville as an indie artist and, uh, you know, opportunities that have come. And obviously I'm still chasing, chasing bigger dreams, but um, I'm really grateful for what I have accomplished. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, everything that I've seen and read about you and heard about you, like you are, you know, you're, you're the, you're the echelon of independent country music artists in Nashville. Like, <laughs> well, I, you're, I appreciate you're the that, person man. everybody talks about. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of great artists out there who aren't signed, but uh, it's it's a taxing thing to be an indie artist these days because uh, there's so much stuff you got to do. Whether it's social media, it's TikTok, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, and if you don't have those three done, it's in you. You know, it's it's always something. And without yeah. label without label support, it's definitely extremely extremely difficult and uh but you just got to keep keep the grind alive and and uh put your put your head down and keep pushing forward yeah now so in this journey that you've been on let, let's for argument's sake say the last 10 years right yeah what, what did that look like for you like when you came to nashville for the first time did you have a clue what the hell you were getting into you know i had a i had a uh, vision in my head of what I thought it was going to be. But, um, you know, we got here and I remember going down Broadway, uh, the first, right when we pulled into town for the first time ever. And I thought, man, this looks a lot different than I thought it was gonna be. I thought Nashville just never being here was going to be like super just in my mind. Like, have you ever seen roadhouse the movie? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like just, just out you know clubs like that where they weren't right next to each other bam 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 so that was eye-opening to see like hey there's a lot of people doing this and uh you know trying for their dreams and starting out down here and making fans so that was an eye-opening experience but when i first got here i was uh determined to get into one of the clubs and no one replies in this business to any emails or text messages or phone calls it's just one thing that I absolutely hate, hate about the music business. And, uh, you're the, you're the exception, you know, you're, you're in the business and, uh, I appreciate your good communication skills, but, yeah. um, no, I, and I think that comes because, you know, for what I do for, you know, my nine to five and then seeing exactly what you just said, it's, I, I yeah. feel you deeply <laughs> for, for sure. So that's just a frustrating part of, uh, you know, when I first got here, but, I ended up finding the sound man for one of the clubs, uh, Tequila Cowboy. It's been here a long time. And uh, I ended up chasing the guy. I'll never forget this. I couldn't find him, couldn't find him. And then one of, the, one of the staff members said, oh, yeah, his name was Crash. And he went by Crash. And Crash just left about, you know, 10 minutes ago. So I sprinted out the door and walked down the street looking for this ponytail guy with the hat on. And I finally caught up to him. I said, are you crash? And he's like, yeah. And I said, well, I introduced myself and told him we've been doing good in the Northwest before I moved out here, blah, blah, blah. But he was the first guy to give me a chance. And I'll have to say I'm grateful for that for sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny about your image of Nashville before you got there, because, you know, my wife and I, we had gone there for our honeymoon, um, uh -huh. you know, now almost four years ago. 
And it was, I thought the exact same thing you did. You know, I, I had seen pictures of lower Broadway. I thought it was much bigger and longer than yeah. it ended up being. And then, you know, now being in this, I really wish I would have known about the other places that were off of Broadway that have, you know, I hate For to sure. even say this out loud, but the, you know, the people that are there to really chase a dream. Absolutely. And it's, it's, there's so many hidden spots in Nashville and it's in the 10 years that I've been here. It's just, I mean, it does not look like the same city at all. And, yeah. and it's, and it's cool. Like it's, it's a popping city and it's great. Um, but it's, it's wild how, how much it has changed. So uh, that's, that's another eye opening thing when people come here, like you said, they're not, they're not aware of how big or small a place is. And then you get there like, huh? So it's yeah. crazy. So, so over the last 10 years, you're obviously releasing music and, and doing the, doing all that. How long did it take you from when you arrived to Nashville to your first, I guess your first release, whether it was a single or an EP or whatever as, as a Nashville artist? Yeah, so that's a good question. I we came out here in 2012, and I believe it. I think it was like the fall of 2012 or late summer or something. And within a year, I established myself and said, "Hey, I got to get music out there because, you know, I'm a, I personally am a very competitive guy. You know, I played sports my whole life and, and Division One baseball player, and my family has been, you know." college football players and cheerleading coaches and blah, blah, blah. And it's just in my blood to say, okay, I got to get this thing rolling. So I really quickly somehow got connected with a company in town and they offered this music video and a seven song EP, which, which was I, or what I could afford at the time. And they picked songs up for me because at that time I wasn't writing my own music really. So they picked up some songs and presented to me and I picked out of this catalog and, we ended up releasing my first EP called Those Nights These Days in 2013. And I'll tell you what, the, a few of those songs are still fan favorites today. So um, I'm super proud of how I started the journey and how I've continued to get better and better, getting better music out there. But I, I try to put out quality no matter, you know, what year it was. And I'm just, you know, I've been, I've been super happy with what I've done in that regard. Yeah, no, and like what you've put out is just great. And, you know, it, like you said, it does, it has gotten better over time and you can For hear sure. it, you can hear it in each release, you know? It's, yeah, and, yeah, and so it's a mature, like a lot of people will say, oh, hey, I love, sing that song or I want to hear that song back on that EP. And I'm like, well, you know, I always have to give them a disclaimer and say, well, let's listen to some of my new stuff too, because my voice has matured so much over 10 years and it's, yeah you know, it's, it's a lot of growth and practice and, uh, repetition. So I think I've played over, you know, well over a thousand shows probably, uh, in the past 10 years, probably way more than that, but we were averaging about 150 a year. Uh, that's playing Broadway and getting out on the road independently and wherever. But yeah, I, I just definitely encourage people to listen to my new stuff before my old stuff, you know, I think the, I think the old stuff is great, but it's, it's still, I would love to re-record, you know, those songs just in a new key and, and really show them my vocals on that. Yeah. So when you do sit down to write 
your music or whatever, how long, how long is it taking you to get it to where you want it to be? Like just to, just to get in a song written. Yeah. 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 So we have, uh, right now I've been involved in a lot of zoom rights just because of COVID and, you know, I got a baby at home and it's just easier for me helping with the baby and whatnot. But, uh, anytime you get with the co-writers, I don't usually write by myself. I just, I don't, I'm not good at that part yet. Um, yeah. but we get with co-writers and, uh, it's usually a three to four hour block. You, so you usually say, okay, we're going to go 11 to three today or, or 10 to two. And within four hours, you should usually 95% of the time you'll get a, you'll get a song. And what happens is one of the people on the right will say, okay, I'll put a, some, a track to this and a, a scratch demo. And within 24 hours, you'll have your song and a demo version which you can start practicing to or take that into the studio and say, okay, this is what my song sounds like. I want you guys to work on it like this. So that's kind of the process. Yeah. That's, that's cool. You know, and do you ever have times where you have those and it just, you know, falls to hell and it's just not what you were hoping for? Oh yeah. That happens a lot. And it's, uh, you know, you can be excited about an idea. It happened the other day where I brought an idea to the, to the plate and we just couldn't land on the right thing and we we still wrote a great song but it wasn't one i could see myself cutting you know it wasn't exactly right. the vibe i was going for and it's it's hard uh going into a right and saying uh or, or going into right and getting exactly every time what you want like you said but uh, a lot of times i work with a, a lot of the same writers that have been working with me and we'll we'll add new people in here and there uh to join us but once you get someone like one of my favorite writers, right. With his, his name's Ryan Sorstad. He's been with me for a lot of years and I have a lot of Ryan cuts, but we'll bring in people to write with Ryan and I, and Ryan kind of knows my style and that's what helps a lot in the songwriting process. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you're bringing these ideas in, are you taking them from your personal everyday stuff or sometimes are they just ideas that you think would make a good song? Yeah, I think it's both. Uh, I, I always try to like when I'm out in public or watching TV or something, I'll, I'll have an idea. I'll say, oh, that that sounded like a cool idea or or, hey, I'm going through a hard time. Let's write about that. Like one of my recent releases last year was called The Road and we wrote it specifically for uh, my my newborn five months before he was born. And it's kind of a song about uh, I said, well, I brought it into the to the co-write and said, I want to write a song talking to my son, telling him how things can get difficult, but you got to stay on the path and blah, blah, blah. And it came out and we got the road out of it. And it's really a powerful song. If you, if you take a listen to it and that's kind of how I like to do it. I like to bring an idea in and try to run with it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the best way to do it. You know, to write from life experiences always makes it more authentic too. For sure. And, and sometimes it does happen where you don't, you don't have something of your own. And that always makes it for me, if I can't relate to it, I'm like, I instantly in the back of my head, Oh, I don't, I can't relate to this. So I don't really want to cut it, you know, or or go all in with it, but it happens sometimes. And luckily there's co or there's writers out there that, you know, write specifically for the need at hand. So. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. So when, you know, when you're out doing your thing on the road and stuff like that, where are you going? Where do you, where do you tend to have a 
bigger following? Where haven't you been that you want to get to? Sure. Uh, we've been a lot of places and uh, as a, you know, getting in our old back in 2012, getting on our old Tahoe and with our big trailer with my name on the side of it and going to Louisiana to Chicago to Florida, blah, blah, blah. But it's, uh, we've been, we've been a lot of places. Uh, my best, my hometown fan base in the Pacific Northwest out in that region is obviously my best fan base because they're hometowners. Yeah. But we do really well in Chicago area, uh, Ohio, Florida, and Nashville. You know, we got people here. But there's a couple of hot spots like Chicago or the, the Northwest and, and Florida that we tend to like. New York is another one that we're gaining some steam in. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought up Chicago because I was going to bring her up because she's the reason why you and I are talking. But um, you have a connection with my friend Bobby from Backstage Bobby. Oh, yeah. So how yeah. did that all come to be? Because, I mean, she's told me her story, but I want to hear it from you. Yeah, we, uh, we met, oh, crap, I think, probably a year ago. And I'm pretty sure I was one of her first guests on her, on her Instagram interviewer thing and yeah. i think that was in 20 might have been last year early last year yeah right before the road actually so uh that's kind of you know we we got to talking online and i i believe that's how bobby and i struck a friendship yeah you know and then and then she wrote that great article that was just in uh what was it music row magazine about you which was great yeah she she's incredible she is she a is. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people trying to do what she's doing and Bobby stands out because she's just, she gets it done. She, she's getting great, you know, feedback from everybody and she's just an amazing person. So yeah, I'm super happy for her and I um, can't wait to work with her again. And hopefully next time we're in Chicago, we can hook up and uh, have some talk, talk music. Yeah. We, uh, you know, she's this, like you, like, you know, this whole industry is pretty cutthroat and, you know, there isn't a, there's enough of us that do this sort of thing, but it's not enough of us to really get crazy. But, um, you know, it, it is that. And, you know, for me, Bobby has become like a sister to me in this whole thing. And, you know, I, sure. I, I owe her a ton and that's why I wanted to bring it up uh, with you to see, you know, how that, that all went because, you know, the article she wrote for you was just incredible. Yeah, she did a fantastic job, and it was really cool to be featured in Music Row uh, magazine. It just it turned out really cool. Hopefully, some people read it, you know, um, and and saw the great work that Bobby put into that. So yeah, uh, I, I'm super proud of it and super grateful for for her doing that. Yeah, you know, and and I I tell her all the time, you know, and and I'm glad you brought it up because you can speak to it too. You know, it's crazy how Chicago has become a country music hotbed. For sure. It, it's you know, one of the, I think it's one of the main spots in the country right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy. The stuff I see that's, you know, that shows up in Chicago and the bands that are going there and, you know, things like that. And it's, you know, I thought Boston and over the last 10 years has really become, you know, a country music hub, but it, we don't hold a candle compared to what Chicago's doing. Yeah. It's crazy. And I think it has a, a, a big, uh, big props got to, uh, Ed Warren, who is a big player in the, in the country industry. Uh, he owns Joe's and, uh, Bub cities and those kind of places. 
uh, in Chicago area and is working with some, some new spots as well. And he just, you know, people, people know him and he's got a great reputation and, and that's why he's bringing in the big acts, you know, Joe's on weed street, uh, in Chicago is, is a big one. I've never played that one. I played Joe's live, but hopefully Ed will have me at Joe's, uh, on weed sometime because it's a bucket list for me. Yeah. Um, speaking of bucket list places, have you been up here into the Northeast to play? You know, I have only been, I, so I, I've been to, I, I haven't been to Boston area. Um, I've, I've gotten a lot of, uh, request to come play at a place called Loretta's out there. I yeah. don't know if you're familiar with that, but I, I am. Uh, yes. Uh, but we have a lot of fans out there that have been writing me for gears. And what it comes down to is, is routing. So right. Right. If, it's if, if, yeah. And if a club is paying this much money and that barely puts a cheeseburger in your pocket, you know, it's, it's not, <laughs> right. That's, it's, right. yeah, you just can't do it. And, and that's the thing that it's a shame because I, I feel like a lot of clubs try to underpay uh, the artists who are coming out there and, and I get it. It's all, you know, everyone's trying to make money out there, but uh, to get quality acts, I, I think that has to be fixed a little bit in some areas. Cause yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that about boss. I'm saying that anywhere in the country um, because we're not able to go to places like that without a strong uh, guarantee, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and I, I've been helping out some, some local acts and, you know, other acts like you that I've been talking to, to, you know, and that's, that keeps being the brick wall that I keep hitting to get these guys up here. It just, uh-huh. it just doesn't make sense for them. And I get it. You know what I mean? I totally yeah. get it, you know, but it yeah, sucks it, because, yeah. you know, people are missing out. Yeah, and it, and it's no uh, knock on. The, I mean, some people, some clubs just can't afford it. I totally right. get that, oh, absolutely. And, and that's just it's part of the problem, and it's uh, for on both on both sides. But that's why it, you know, as an indie artist, it's just so tough because you're just yeah. you're doing your best to to please your fans, and and basically you you can't please them all all time. So you hold online shows or say, hey, come visit us in Nashville or, or something like that, but. You know, we're trying to get out there as many places as we can. Yeah. Yeah. So when you are home, do you try to play? I, I know you've got a little one and all that. And may, look, trust me, I know it makes it hard. But, yeah. you know, how often are you are you getting out there in town to play? Uh, in Nashville? Yeah. Okay. So today, uh, to February 7th is today, um, was my first show as a full band in Nashville in over two years. Wow. So, so when the pandemic hit, everything was shut, shut down. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're careful and all that stuff. And over the last year I had just haven't been playing downtown cause I've been focusing on my original music and all that. But recently I've, uh, you know, I just said, Hey, I gotta, gotta keep, keep the, uh, the vocals sharp and just getting out there to play here and there is, is important. So we got the band together, got, well, we got an offer just last minute, a few days ago. And I said, okay, let's do it. And we played down at whiskey row, Dirk Bentley spot today, just a, just a morning, morning show. And it was a lot of fun. Good to be back on stage. But other than that, we've been just doing shows at the listening room about once a month nice. uh, for the last few months and just doing a lot of acoustic stuff. Yeah. 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 You know, and that, that's great too. You know, you mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta do whatever's best for you at the end of the day. For sure. 
Um, so I see that you are hitting the Bluebird in March. Is that still a go? Yes, sir. It's uh, the first time I've ever played the Bluebird. It's obviously a bucket list. And a lot of my friends, and I've known, I know people who you know, aren't even in Nashville play the Bluebird. And for whatever reason, they got to play. But uh, this past couple months ago, I was – uh, I, I communicated with them and they offered me a spot. So instead of the writer's round, which is a bluebird tradition where there's, yeah. you know, three or four artists, they're doing a uh, Sunday spotlight with me. So I'm going to be able to play with either a, a three piece or my full band. And we're going to have an hour show just of our music, which is pretty cool. Wow. That's great. And for a first time, that's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, I thought that was the way to go. Um, there's another way to get into the bluebird and you have to go through this audition process and uh, you know, whatever that entails, but that's to get into the writer's round. But I thought just like you said, it would be cool to, to really get my music out there to the guests and it's a full hour. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now, is it the show you're doing? Is it one of those things where, you know, you hear the stories about the Bluebird where you have to get on right right when tickets go on sale or, you know, show up, you know, at 4 a.m. and wait. Is yeah. that the kind of show you're doing or is this something you can uh, buy tickets in advance for? So I think from what I read in the in the contract is they're, they're releasing tickets like a week in advance. And the Bluebird right now is also at half capacity from what I understand, just because of the COVID rules and all that. So... It is going to, I don't know how many tickets are going to be available, um, but they will go on sale a week before. So I think it's the 13th or something. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's, that's incredible. And that's, that's going to be a dream come true. Yes, for sure. I, I appreciate you saying that. It's a, it's yeah. going to be a cool night for sure. Yeah. Now, do you have other moments in your career so far that, that have been like bucket list moments that, you know, you're, you, you're content that you were able to do them? Yeah, uh, one of them being uh, right before 2020's crappy year, uh, we were on a roll and, you know, we had a lot of things going for us, just just a lot of great momentum started. And uh, we were out in the Northwest, which is my home home, and we, we got an opportunity to play the Watershed Festival in the Gorge, which mm-hmm. is oh, the, the big the big one out there. So we were on the Next from Nashville stage, the Live Nation Next from Nashville and uh, share the stage with a lot of great artists before and after me. And that was really a cool moment because growing up, I've been to a lot of festivals, not even country. I saw Tom Petty play there. I, you know, I pl- went to some EDM festivals there. I've seen uh, whoever. And it was just cool to like be on a lineup like that and say, yeah. oh, hey, I'm at the Gorgeous Weekend playing. And we had a big fan turn out and, that was really a cool moment for me. And I'm hoping to, to get the opportunity to, to do that again sometime. Yeah. You know, the gorge is one of those like top five venues in the country that I want to go to that. Got to do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Between them and red rocks. Those are the, those are like the top two. For sure. The, so red rocks is, I've never been there. Uh, Tyler, my guitarist has played there with, uh, with some of his artists, but incredible, incredible venue. Uh, from just looking at photos and all that stuff. The, some, the the thing about the gorge is the backdrop, the scenery is so unbelievable. It it really just takes your breath away. 
yeah. you know, you, you see the Columbia River and you see these. I mean, it's just insane. So if you ever get the chance, man, you got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, now that we've kind of talked about your career and your music and all that, I need to ask because I'm a I'm a big baseball guy. Sure. Um, how what was that like playing playing college ball for real? It was, uh, you know, it was what I always wanted to do. I, I uh, grew up in a sports family, like I said, and baseball, football, and basketball were my, my, my uh, interests, and that's what I excelled in. And I was fortunate enough to get a, you know, scholarship opportunities from, uh, for baseball and ran with that. So playing college ball was, was super you know, that's a dream come true in itself. Not a lot of people get to get to do that, especially at the division one level, which I was, you know, grateful for that. Um, But it's just, you know, growing up as a ball player or a a baseball fan, just being able to start at first, I was a first baseman, be a first baseman and start for a, a D one program was, was really something else. So, you know, it just was an incredible, incredible time as well. Yeah. Now, um, where did where did you go? Portland. Yeah. So I started at Oregon State. Okay. Uh, I got some offers from like Washington State, but at the time, and I'll just throw this out there, I I was uh, had my high school girlfriend and didn't want to be across the state at the time. So the next best thing was Oregon State, which was two and a half, three hours from my house, my hometown, while she was a grade behind me. So. Uh, went went on a uh, walk on situation instead of a scholarship, which I had on in the east of the mountains, and it didn't work out. So after the first semester, I transferred back home, and of course, right at you know that same year, things fell apart between us. But I was in a a, a local program, a JUCO program called uh, uh, Lower Columbia College, which is very strong out there, and ended up doing very well there and then transferred to university of Portland after two years. Nice. Nice. And you played, so you played first base, um, you know, from, from the stats that I've seen, you know, you're pretty damn good. (laughs) Well, I, you know, I, I'd like to think I was, uh, did well. I think I got, uh, all conference and West coast conference, which is like, uh, Gonzaga, I'm from Portland or University of Portland, Pepperdine, all those schools. You know, we played, we played all the big dogs, and I, I excelled there. So I'm I'm happy with how my career went. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to be a professional baseball player like I was hoping to, but some unfortunate circumstances happened with with uh, an injury, and then I kind of fell into the music thing. So, yeah. man, I'll tell you, it's it's been a ride ever since I was little, just, you know, being in excelling in sports now doing this music career, it's kind of a really cool story. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you play music while you were in high school and all that? No. So like I was, a fr- I, I was in the orchestra. Our friend was the orchestra teacher. Uh, my parents are teachers at the school and their friend taught orchestra and he was a genius. And <clears throat> so my brother and I were he's six years older than I, but we played the string bass in the, in the orchestra. And that was the only music I ever did. Uh, never sang in front of anyone until I was 20 or 21. You know, I was 
afraid. And maybe it was even, maybe it was after that, maybe 23. And I started singing locally at like karaoke bars and stuff like that. And that's when some things started happening. People started liking what I was doing. And that's kind of how that went. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's great. So <laughs> when did you start um, writing songs in there? Yeah. So when I first started in Washington, uh, I think that was the year after I graduated college. So 2011, started writing songs just with some local songwriters and, you know, thought it was fun, but wasn't any good at it at that point. And that's, you know, until I would say 2015, I didn't write a lot of my own music at all. I was, I was getting songs from other writers and putting my artist name behind it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the so the writing started in about 2015, and we've really tried getting getting more and more each year. That's awesome. That's really great. Um, now, what what do you have planned? Like, what does 2022 look like for you when it comes to music? When it comes to touring, um, all of that. Yeah. So this year is a a big year because this spring I'll be releasing a full length album, my first full length album. And uh, I, I've released several EPs over the last year or 10 years and probably I think over 40, 40 songs total. So lots of singles, EPs, but this is special because I'm really trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, hone in my, my sound, the, the court carpenter sound uh, with this compilation of music. And we're really writing for that because over the years I've been getting songs from other people or, or releasing singles, which don't always coincide with the last one. Yeah. Excuse me. My voice is going out for my show earlier today. <laughs> One sec. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so now we're just, you know, looking forward to that spring release and going from there. Nice. Now is Touring this going to be, well. is this going to be all new music or is it stuff <laughs> that we've already heard? All new music. And, uh, it will have 10 songs and we're really, uh, you know, trying to make it the best we can. I'm working with two new producers who are great guys. Shout out to Taylor and Lucas who are uh, trailblazers in the industry here, young guys. So we're teamed up with them and we're just going to try to put the best album together as we can. That really represents uh, who I am. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I can't, I can't wait to hear that. And, you know, hopefully we'll get you up here into New England sooner rather than later. Yes, I would love that. And uh, that brings me to say that our, our touring will, you know, we're going to be on the road uh, here and there. And we're just, our dates are starting to fall into place. We are going to, we are working on a Cleveland date. How close is that to you guys? Oh, um, pretty far still, right? Yeah. 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 I think I want to say it's like a 12 hour drive. Oh God. Yeah. 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 That's a long yeah. way. Yeah, because I'm about an hour south of Boston. Okay. So you know the, you know I'm from where I currently live. I'm about three hours from Manhattan. Okay. Just to kind of yeah. give you an idea. Are you close to uh, uh, Peekskill, New York at all? Um, where That's, in New York is that? Is that upstate? It's, yeah, it's it's over near uh, West Point. Okay, then I'm actually not too bad. 
Not too okay. bad at all. We have a, a festival sometimes we had, well, we have the last few years headlined it in that area. Oh, okay. In, in September. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. That's not actually really bad at all uh, from where, from where I am. Right on. Well, uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully so, we can get it in the Boston area though soon. Cause we'd love yeah, to get absolutely. there. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're close enough, you know, you never yep. know what could happen for sure. Um, so now my last couple of things um, that I want to get out to you. And again, I appreciate your time and I know timing is tough with, with the newborn and all that stuff. So I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here. Oh, and, thank uh, you for having me, man. It's, yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you. Yeah. Um, so I got two things. Obviously they have to be about boots and whiskey. Yes. So if you wear cowboy boots, who are you wearing or what are you wearing? And if you like whiskey or drink whiskey, what is your whiskey of choice? So uh, I would wear Ariat boots. That's you're talking brand. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are the boots I have. And I used to wear them all the time, but over the years, my uh, feet have given up on me. So I've had to move to a, a tennis shoe. Usually yeah. uh, I do love the cowboy boots. So Ariat's my, my faves. Um, and regarding whiskey, man, does bourbon count? Or are you talking just yeah, whiskey? yeah, yeah, okay. no, yeah. All right, I uh, I'm a big Woodford Reserve fan. <clears throat> I love that, but uh, I'm not that picky to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've started to dabble in all kinds of different um, whiskeys and bourbons, and I've come to the conclusion that I'm not picky either. <laughs> yeah, they're all. I think they're all good in their own way. I mean, some of them yeah. <clears throat> definitely are a little stronger than others, but Blanton's is always a good one. I love. Yeah. Yeah. Blanton's is good. Um, you know, I have a bottle of Yellowstone here that I haven't cracked open yet, but I hear oh, great, nice. great things about. So yeah, that, so, that yeah. sounds good. Yeah. But absolutely. those are the, those are the two choices for me. It's just, uh, not picky though. No, no. I mean, ev- everything's good, especially when it's, <laughs> when it's whiskey. <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah. So again, thank you so much for being here. You know, I, I really, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time and, and everything. And um, I look forward to seeing you hopefully sooner rather than later and talking to you again as, as your career goes, as mine goes, you know, and, and sticking, sticking together and absolutely. Conversation. And I, I think that's, uh, I think that's really cool that you say that. Cause uh, just before we go is I've, uh, been following you now for a while and, and seeing, seeing your posts and you're really, uh, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're just like Bobby and do you're making things happen. I love that. I love to yeah. see that for you. And it's, uh, I re- I encourage everyone listening out there to this. You gotta, you gotta follow all the boots and whiskey stuff and, uh, show them some love because they're Thank the real you. deal. Thank you. I, 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 I sincerely appreciate that very much. Thank you. Anytime. And, and hope, like you said, hopefully we can get together soon again and uh, reconnect. Yeah. You know, my, my wife and I talk about, you know, getting me to Nashville, hopefully before the end of the year too, um, to do some things. So, you know, Absolutely. If, if I'm in town and you're in town, it'd probably, you know, the way our schedules are, it's probably the easiest way to do things. <laughs> For sure. Um, we'll have to get a beer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now we'll have to get some whiskey. That's yeah, how about that. Uh, yeah, there you yeah, go. we yeah we we only drink Miller Lite when it's you know. Yeah, <laughs> when, when the whiskey's when out. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right, Corey. Well, thank you so much. Um, 
thank you, know, you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. You. Thank, thank you. Thank, you know, please thank your wife for me. Cause I know, you know, this, you know, it's taxing and I, you know, we, we appreciate her just as much as we appreciate you. I'll definitely tell her, man. I appreciate Thanks. you guys and uh, good luck with the family and uh, we'll see you in Nashville soon. All right, buddy. Thanks. You too, man. All right. Take care. All Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Court Carpenter. What a great guy. Um, you know, I can't thank his wife enough for allowing the time to sit down and talk with us. I know having a baby is tough, especially, a, you know, a baby that's less than a year old. You know, there's so much going on. So, so Kelly, thank you so much to you for that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not easy being a musician's wife, I'm sure. Um, you know, always doing, having your husband and father of your, your son always somewhere doing something and talking to someone. So, you know, we, we here at the Boots and Whiskey podcast really appreciate your sacrifice and, and, um, you know, allowing court to live his dreams and, you know, all that stuff. So thank you so much for that. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was great. It was, like I said at the top of the show, it was nice to hear. It was really refreshing to hear somebody talk about the industry the way it is, you know, especially somebody at the top of their game, you know, cause court really is. So, you know, with that, thank you court. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed this conversation as much as I had, um, having it. So like always guys, thank you so much for all your support. Um, I can't thank dirt road scholar supply company, rowdy roads, American getting grit and grace. Um, after Glow Boutique, enough. Thank you all so much for your for your love and support. And for everybody, for the likes, the comments, the shares, the listens, you know, thank you so much. Um, we got some stuff coming up. February is almost over. We have a really, I don't want to say too much, but we have a huge, huge guest next week. Um, as long as the schedule still allows. Um, I don't. I'm not saying too much about that, but I'll tell you this. Once, once the green light happens for the conversation later this week that I'll be having with this person, as soon as that's over, I'm probably going to tease the hell out of it for three or four days. Um, yeah. Yep. Probably going to do it. Um, I'll tell you this, this, the, no, I'm not telling you anything. Just going to have to stay tuned. Um, so again, Court, thank you so much. Everybody, until next week, keep the boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Enjoy your week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Good night. <laughs>